We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Saturday, uh, right before the Chargers head to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, have our final thoughts here today. Of course, going to talk about the latest injury news and all of the reports there. And joining me to do that are my guys, Tyler and Alex. Tyler, we'll start with you. How are you doing this morning? Doing awesome. Uh, my UCI intramural league called the, the our, my team is the Tilfs. Um, we crushed our <laughs> opponents 31 to zero. So at least one of my teams is winning this week. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I mean, we got MVP chance from Russell Westbrook last night. So, you know, that's that's fun. <laughs> I don't um, watch them. So <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, Alex is here as well, man. Alex, what's up? How are you doing this morning? Uh, I don't care about basketball until Doc Rivers is fired. <laughs> fair, fair. I mean, you got World Series going on. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously, big game for Rutgers football today as well. Oh, yeah. Arjun, <laughs> eat shit today. Michigan's going down. We got the, the GAC Bowl today between Alex <laughs> and uh, Arjun. So, uh, should be fun. Um, all right, so we'll uh, we'll get started here. Obviously, we have a lot to talk about with injuries as usual. Just Apparently, one of those seasons for the Chargers where we're going to be talking about injuries all year long. So, um, latest news, of course, Donald Parham placed on injured reserve. Keenan Allen is out this week as he suffers the setback like we talked about earlier this week. So, uh, in a corresponding move, the Chargers have activated 
Keelan Doss, wide receiver from UC Davis, formerly of the uh, Raiders, former Hard Knocks star. If you remember back in the day when uh, Antonio Brown was dealing with his uh, foot issues and helmet issues, and Keelan Doss was kind of like the bright spot of Hard Knocks. So, um, anyways, Keelan Doss is uh, essentially the wide receiver replacement today. Uh, a bit of a surprise sign to the active roster. We were told earlier in the week that he was going to be elevated, uh, but obviously. Keenan's injury playing a role there as well. So, Alex, what do you make of uh, Donald Parham's situation and, uh, of course, the decision to sign Keelan Doss to the active roster? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Donald Parham situation is just strange because it felt like, obviously, he was kind of coming back from that hamstring, dealing with some, you know, form of, you know, concussion symptoms. But, you know, now four weeks until he can come back if he's placed on the short-term IR um, you know, and that's a big loss for them because, I mean, aside from Gerald Everett, they don't have like a pass catching tight end and Donald Parham probably is like their best blocker. Um, and Trey McKitty obviously has had his problems blocking this season, which have been, you know, evident to anyone who's watched the film or just during the games. So, I mean, that's a big loss for them. Um, <laughs> and putting together this wide receiver unit, DeAndre Carter might not even play. He might not even be wide receiver one this week because yeah. he might have an illness and might not be able to play. So we're looking at a potential Bandy Moore Doss <laughs> lineup um, of receivers for Justin Herbert to throw to. Uh, Eckler should play even with the abdomen, but that probably means increased snaps for Sony Michelle relative to the usual if Eckler's dealing with some kind of injury. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the Chargers are going to try to get by Atlanta with a really just tough put together offense here and see if they can kind of grind it out one more week before they get at least some of these guys back. (laughs) Oh man, what to make of this one? Um, well, we all wanted them to make some sort of move. We can obviously get that out of the way and we wanted them to do anything at the buy, a sign, a trade, whatever, um, now Keenan Allen is not playing. Keelan Doss being signed really tells me that Keenan's injury might not be a single week sort of thing. We've heard day to day. We've seen maybe we'll come back when I feel better. I won't get back out there till I'm feeling right. I don't know. It seems like it's going to be a bit till he's back out there. I don't know what this offense is supposed to do tomorrow. Uh, I hope they work on the run game. I hope Trey McKitty is a much better blocker <laughs> than he was to start the year. Because... Yeah. Listen, man, I, I don't want to hear it tomorrow that the offense is running it too much. They don't, they're out of players to throw to. Like Josh Palmer hasn't even been officially healthy since week two. He's left every game or missed the game due to a concussion at some point ever since week three. And that's your wide receiver one. And Carter might not play. And then it's Bandy, who Herbert kind of sometimes wants to throw to, Jason Moore, who he never wants to throw to, and Keelan Doss, who Listen, I can tell you that Jeremiah Tauchu was drafted in the second round. They traded up for him. Um, he's from Georgia Tech. I can tell you all about him. Couldn't tell you who Keelan Doss is. Um, so that that's kind of where we're at now with this receiving core. And best of luck. Brandon Staley, you're a defensive-minded head coach. Go make it work. Yeah, so in terms of the wide receiver specifics, um, I was a little surprised, like I said, that they decided to sign Doss to the active roster already instead of just elevating him like we had heard was was the plan earlier this week um like alex mentioned you know that could be a deandre carter situation that could be keenan allen situation as well um but i was told earlier this week that 
Keelan Doss was their essentially number one option on the practice squad. Um, that John Hightower was second, and then Joe Reed was third. Uh, so unfortunately, the Joe Reed dream can officially be over because the Chargers basically do not have any plans to activate him unless two other guys get injured on the receiver room. So uh, Joe Reed is pretty far down the depth chart, unfortunately, for him, unfortunately for uh, that dream. So in a vacuum, I think Keelan Doss fits their skill sets a little bit more, you know, um, <laughs> a little bit more than Jason Moore, I guess, and definitely more than Michael Bandy. But it, it's just puzzling, right? Like Tyler is saying, you know, we wish that um, they would have made a move at some kind to kind of shore up the depth chart, but that has not happened. So um, I went back and was looking at some <laughs> Keelan Doss clips on Twitter. Um, there was a lot of stuff from Senior Bowl, a lot of stuff from uh, that 2019 preseason. Um, so he's he's kind of similar skill set to like Josh Palmer. You know, he's not a burner. He's not super physical. He's more of uh, a, an efficient route runner than somebody like Jason Moore is. So gives them some size, gives them some flexibility. I think it does give them more flexibility than having just Jason Moore, who's an outside receiver, just Michael Bandy, who's an inside receiver, or DeAndre Carter, who's an inside receiver. So theoretically, like, I like the flexibility a little bit more. But again, like, you're also talking about a receiver room where he's probably wide receiver three right now, in my opinion, because of that flexibility. So it's just confusing. And, and it's not ideal. He has 11 career catches. Like, I, I don't blame anybody that doesn't know who he is. I know who he is because my brother-in-law played with him at UC Davis. Um, and obviously, I watch Hard Knocks all the time. So, um it, it's this is where we're at, man. Like this is so unfortunate that Joe that Justin Herbert is going to be throwing to uh, guys who all have less than fifty career catches on Sunday in a must win game. And I caught some flack for that yesterday. It is a must win game because they play the 49ers and the Chiefs the next two weeks. Like you're you're <laughs> kidding yourself. <laughs> you are kidding yourself if you do not think that tomorrow is a must win game for the Chargers. Yeah, that would completely. Yes, there are excuses for sure built into a loss here, but that would completely deflate the team because yeah. would you pick the Chargers to win any other game the rest of the year except for maybe the Colts? And that depends on whether Jonathan Taylor is healthy or not. I don't think I would pick the Chargers to win another game. What, at Denver? If they lose to the Falcons tomorrow? No, I'm not picking them. At I'll, Vegas? I'll pick not. them to be the Cardinals. I would still pick them to be the Cardinals. Mm, if they, man, if they lose to the Falcons tomorrow... I guess we'll see who comes back by that Falcons game, but that's going to deflate the building. If they lose to the Falcons tomorrow and then they go on this, they're not beating the Niners and Chiefs. I know everyone's like, any given Sunday, I think you have to have good coaching and good health to be any given Sunday or Monday or whatever. They're not beating those two teams. So if they lose tomorrow, uh, I, I don't know how you can really salvage your season the rest of the way. Yeah, uh, the, the 49ers game just because that has real like blowout potential. Like, I mean, we're talking about Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk versus whoever is that wide receiver for the Chargers at any given time. Because um, I mean, yeah, that that is a offensive juggernaut, uh, and, and they're... obviously the Chargers have the problems on defense that they do. And the so, Niners are top three in defense in like every metric. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Um. Just just tough all around. But yeah, I mean, in terms of whether this is a must win game or not, I, I mean, I 
happen to believe it is too, because if you're sliding to four and six after, you know, the, this Falcons chiefs Niners stretch, then, uh, you know, how do you kind of get back into the season? If you're five and five, you can probably stabilize it or talk yourself into, okay, we have one more game against the Raiders. We have a game against the Broncos. We can steal a game here, but coming back from two games uh, under 500, I think would just be a little bit too difficult with the stretch they have. Yeah, I don't know what part of Christian McCaffrey and the Niners running outside zone versus like Jeremiah Tauchio and Derek Tuska that people don't seem to like. We're like, yeah, we can keep up with them with Keelan Doss as wide receiver. Probably one by the time we hit next week. I love the optimism, I guess. But I mean, guys, it's it's looking a little rough. They they have to win. Yeah, tomorrow, absolutely a must-win game. You can you can still salvage your season, right? If you are, I guess that would be five and six. You know, if you win tomorrow and then you win the and then you lose the next two games after that. So, uh, but if you're four and six, or I guess that would be, yeah, four and six, um, your season's looking rough. So, um, we'll see what happens, right? Well, I mean, we did a whole preview about this game tomorrow, and the Chargers theoretically still have a chance to win. Like any given Sunday, I think does apply tomorrow. It would not apply to next week. Like I said, I wish the NFL would just kind of flex that game out. Um, but you know, it is what it is. So, um, in terms of the Donald Parham situation, obviously feel gutted for him, you know, going through this kind of season where he tears his hamstring, re-aggravates it, ramping up into the process, gets a concussion, his second concussion in, in the last calendar year. Um, and then this, this situation is a little murky. Um, I was told by one source that he does have a legitimate hamstring injury that he did re-injure it. I was told by another source that he's dealing with uh, post-concussion symptoms still, and that's the reason why they were uh, being more cautious with him and put him on the injury report with the hamstring injury. So uh, he is out of concussion protocol, but it is certainly possible that you know he's dealing with post-concussion effects and that he that's why he landed on injury reserve. So um, I don't really know what to make of that situation. Again, two conflicting sources telling me two different things. Um, but either way, you know, just really sucks for Donald Parham because this is a contract year. You know, he was really looking like he was going to take a big step forward in training camp and his development. Um, and they desperately miss him as a blocker. They miss him as a pass catcher. Um, and they they don't have an answer to replace him. So I feel awful for Donald Parham. Uh, and more than anything else, I hope he's just able to get healthy at this point. Yeah, me as well to hear that potentially obviously not officially he could be dealing with some sort of issues post-concussion even though he's out of the protocol that's rough and and if if that is truly the reason he's on ir then good for the chargers i suppose like if there actually is no hamstring injury or even if it's both like good for them it feels like they may have rushed some players back maybe even rushed him back for something like this based on what happened to him last year yeah i'm, I'm happy that they're taking their time with this one but man that is that is so tough. I, and again, I hope McKitty turns it around because they really needed Donald Parham. I mean, everything they wanted to do on offense this year in the red zone revolved around Donald Parham so much. Yeah. Moving the field was Keenan Allen. And of course, when you need it, it's Mike Williams and all three guys are out. And so, but, but Donald Parham, man, like if the Chargers were going to win tomorrow, I really would have thought it'd be on the back of their run game. And it still could, but we go from knowing and feeling good that Donald Parham is out there and, and helping lead this rushing attack to he's not out there. We're back to who I still think has been the worst player on offense this year in Trey McKitty blocking. So 
it's going to be rough. Like I hope they would have won. I hope they do win tomorrow based on the run game, but it's going to be a lot more difficult now. I think from a run game perspective, if it were me, I would have a lot of Xander Horvath in this game. H-back, fullback, um, just get that extra body in there. I would love to see some, uh, you know, jumbo packages with, I don't, I don't know who the jumbo offensive lineman would be at this point. Preferably Will Clapp since he's like the only other good backup. <laughs> um, so we'll see. Like if if they want to go a lot of two tight end sets, three tight end sets, fullback, I think that's probably the decision that I would make heading into this game. Uh, Joe Lombardi said this week that they really need to make a more concerted effort of sticking with the run game. And I do think that is absolutely something that they need to be more conscious of uh, to a certain extent, obviously not asking them to go full Anthony Lynn 50, 50 split, but um, you know, they, I think Daniel Popper said in his article yesterday that they have like the second fewest rushing attempts in the league right now. And again, not asking for a full 50, 50 split, but that's just sending your offense up to fail with all of these receiver injuries and frankly, Justin Herbert not being healthy too. Yeah, I think the Chargers on the, I forget whose graph, but they were, I think, fourth or fifth in, in pass rate over expected. So I hope that people like to see that, right? Like you want to see that, oh, they're being aggressive, letting Herbert throw. That's all fine and dandy. With this roster, no chance. I hope that goes way down this week. Yeah, absolutely. The only other thing injury-wise to talk about, uh, Eamon Ogbong-Bamiga is questionable with a an injury, and I guess Jerry Tillery is as well. Um, so I would love to see Brandon Fajoko tomorrow, but it is going to be Christian Covington. They're not going to activate, uh, or did not activate, I should say, uh, Mr. Brandon Fajoko. So Christian Covington will serve as the defensive tackle number five. Um, and then they they activated Kimon Hall, likely for special teams um, in place of Eamon. So uh, that's really the only other um, thing no. there. Yeah, uh, right before this show, uh, Popper replied to Tyler's tweet and said that Staley said uh, Amen's playing tomorrow. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So Probably just more Amen of a bodies, in. JC. IR yeah. Sure. Gotcha. Thank you, Alex. So uh, for what it's worth, I was told that JT Woods was going to be active in the game plan tomorrow, at least as a six defensive back. How much do they get into that personnel package against the Falcons who – basically refuse throw. to throw the ball <laughs> <laughs> and stay in three tight end sets is, is remains to be seen obviously. Uh, but it sounds like JT Woods is closer towards getting some meaningful reps on this team, which I think is at least mildly exciting because, you know, f- frankly, we need some uh, young talent to uh, latch on some hope to, and hopefully JT Woods can uh, give them some flexibility, give them some playmaking ability that they don't really have right now. I'm very curious if he does, because last year, McKitty and Palmer both got more involved post-buy, and then, of course, way more involved with injuries. Mm -hmm. So if we get a little bit more Spiller, more Woods, one because of injury, one because they just feel like he's more ready, I'm curious if that would be their pattern sort of moving forward, like get the you know third-round, fourth-round guys going throughout the year, and then maybe after the bye, start inserting them into the lineup. So we'll see. Yeah, that would be a, a pattern for sure at this point. So um all right let's uh let's get to our weekly picks here um and then we'll obviously have our score predictions as well for this game and then we'll uh take some questions at the end of the show so um right now uh obviously the chargers i think the line is has the line changed at all or is it still uh, the same chargers minus three okay so (laughs) he's 
basically the Vegas is telling you that this would be a wash if this were on a neutral field. Um, you know, this yeah. is obviously an interesting game for the Chargers, but uh, we'll see what we end up with. So uh, as it currently stands with our picks, again, we do these picks mostly for fun, but uh, we do have a jersey on the line like we did last year. So uh, records on the screen there for our audio audience. Uh, I am 19 and 12. Tyler is 17 and 14, picking first this week uh, as he types in his pick already. <laughs> Old. And Alex is uh, 16 and 15. So, uh, Tyler, explain yourself here. Uh, one team's the Bills, one team's the Jets. I'm taking the Bills. <laughs> the Bills are so good, man. The Bills are so good. <laughs> this is a tough call, though. Really um, tough one. All right, Alex, you're up next here. Um, I think I'll go with the other gimme, although is Ryan Tannehill playing tomorrow? Uh, don't believe so. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I then have to go Kansas City minus uh, 12 and a half against the Titans. Then again, Derrick Henry had that crazy uh-huh. game where they won like 27-3 last year or something. Um, but I will go with Kansas City over the Titans. Yeah, that feels fair. Um, so obviously those are the, the two double-digit favorites. The next biggest favorite is the Bengals over the Panthers. They're seven point favorites according to uh, MGM Grand. I don't know. Like they look so bad without Jamar Chase. PJ Walkers. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to go that route. So I'm going to go. Okay. I know. I'm going to go with Dolphins over the Bears uh, tomorrow. Oh, Dolphins over Bears. Dolphins over Bears. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable taking the Bengals at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Amazing. give me the fighting Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddles. Yeah. Um, all right, for my underdog of the week, as we snake this, as we always do, I don't know if I'm feeling frisky enough for this, but uh, give me the Lions over the Packers, man. I have no faith in the Packers' ability to do anything noteworthy on defense. Uh the Lions are one in five at this one, or one in six or whatever, but uh I just I don't know. I like I like what they're doing on offense, so give me the Lions, I guess. That's a frisky one. Um all right. Going to underdogs. Arizona is a one and a half point favorite over Seattle, correct? Uh yep. All right. I am taking my Honorary third NFL team at this point, the fight in Geno Smiths <laughs> um, over the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I, I have no idea how that's even. Yeah, I would I would think that the Seahawks should be favored in that game, personally. Uh, I think it's just because even, well, Arizona's at, Arizona's home, at home. But, I mean, Arizona doesn't really have home field advantage a lot. So, I mean, I don't even know how to quantify that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of these, lot of these dog picks really suck this week. Um, of course, I always say that. Um, I know people keep saying take the Titans over the Chiefs. I just, I wouldn't bet on that. I wouldn't though. bet that on them to win outright. I mean, I could see a world where they cover, but yeah, no, definitely. But I mean, the Chiefs That's are just not what we're doing here. Right no, yeah. Um, okay, I had a pick. <laughs> I'll pick the Falcons. No, I'm kidding. I'm not gonna pick the Falcons. Um, all right. I'm going to do the Saints over the Ravens. We'll pick the Falcons in a couple minutes. Just you get past your underdog <laughs> here first. 
Yeah. Don't love Saints over Baltimore, but they did look good last week. And Baltimore apparently is a horrendous fourth quarter team. Yeah. And uh, Mark Andrews probably not playing. So, oh, look at that. I feel better. All right, Tyler, your last pick here. Ooh, okay. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings over the Commanders. I still yeah. don't know what we're calling them. Washington? Is that where we're at? Well, the they're potentially fighting, changing uh, their name again next year, so I don't know. The, the, the fighting marks. Both the securities <laughs> sale property. There you go. There you go. All right, Alex, you're up next. Um. Okay. Um. Pace house. Um. All right. We're okay. This is our either or, right? I'll I'll go head to head with Stephen. At at some point, the Packers got to get it together. Aaron Rodgers is not allowing them to lose to the Lions. I, I just don't believe it. So this probably is going to bite me in the ass, but I'll go Packers over Detroit. Uh, so I'll go ahead and Stephen on that one. There we go. Opportunity for you to make up some ground here. So yeah. uh, I think that's fun. Yeah. Um, all right. For my last pick, I'm going to go uh, New England Patriots over the Indianapolis Colts without Jonathan Taylor. So, Obviously, we know Bill Belichick's uh, record against rookie quarterbacks, and uh, you know that's that's enough for me. Nice. I feel okay about these. It feels like we're gonna get this, guys. We're all gonna go three and zero. Has that happened yet? Has has have we had a three and zero week for each of us yet? I haven't had one since to last week, so I doubt it. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's all good. I think we might have had a three and a week when the Chargers didn't play. I don't think anyone has ever had a four and a week, including no. the Chargers game. Yeah, no, so, I don't think so. First time. All right. Uh let's get to our Chargers score predictions here. Uh Tyler, you're up. Of course. I'm always a fucking sacrificial lamb here. All right. Sorry. Um <laughs> I don't know what the line is. I don't know what the spread is. Uh, the, uh, it's Chargers minus three. Uh, the line is, or the spread is currently Chargers minus three uh-huh. on the road. Um, by the way, the so, over under so, is forty nine point. So Steven said, if on neutral field, it would be a wash. Vegas is telling you on a neutral field, it would be six points for the the Chargers. So, um, oh yeah, my bad. Humanity. Yeah. Um, good God. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. I got to pick a loss for this team. I just think that they are headed in the wrong direction. Um, they got worse. And I assume that they also haven't quite prepared perfectly for the absence of a, a Donald. Well, they've been playing without Donald Parham, but it seems like they maybe thought they had more of a plan and anything that they thought of during the buy went. Pfft. So I'm going to have them losing. I have no idea what score I'll say they lose. 20, I don't trust this freaking Chargers defense, by the way. 24, 21. Uh, Chargers maybe get some points, but Young Hoiku is going to kick a field goal and win, uh, which goes right against my bold prediction of the Chargers actually blowing out the Falcons. Um, but I have to be a bit more realistic here. A yeah, lot. I, the Falcons. I I, uh, I just realized that we didn't even talk about the kicker uh, situation going on. Yeah, we don't uh, have a not kicker. even. Not even the kickers can stay healthy this year. So, uh, you know, we got Cameron Dicker, the kicker from uh, Texas, you know, handling kicking duties until Dustin Hopkins can uh, get healthy because Taylor Bertolet hurt his quad in practice. So there we go. There's a, there's another wrinkle to the injury situation. 
And I mean, it's it's weird because someone was saying, you know, now that they have Bicker, is is fourth and Staley going to come back? But I'm like, well, I mean, the Chargers were inside the 10-yard line against the Browns three times and kicked field goals each time when Taylor Bertolette played his first game. So, I mean, they, they've still kind of been playing things pretty conservatively. So I don't I don't know if fourth and Staley will come back or or what they'll do, but they've still been playing them pretty conservative. Um, I also have to pick a loss here, 23-20. Uh, to the Falcons. I it's just a game where if the Chargers had all their players, I would cl- clearly pick them to win. But as soon as Keenan was, you know, said he had re-aggravated his injury this week and was not close to returning, basically, um, that was sort of game for me, especially considering Mike Williams is also out. Now, Atlanta's uh, secondary is banged up with Casey Hayward and A.G. Terrell out in this game. But do, do I trust Josh Palmer to like have his breakout game here? Not really. Um, I'm, I mean, DeAndre Carter's probably not going to play. And, you know, then you're going into the Keelan Dosses and the Jason Moores to try to kind of lift the Chargers offensively um, against an Atlanta Falcons team who is one of the best rushing teams in the league and the Chargers are one of the worst uh, rushing defenses, right? Um, they're, you know, close to being bottom five. So at this point, I just I don't think the Chargers have enough this game. It would be different if they I trusted the defense because you can certainly eke out one of those kinds of wins on the road. Um, but if the Chargers are going to win this game, it would have to be almost like the Browns game earlier this year where they end up putting up, you know, 30 plus points and, you know, respond to the 200 yards that, you know, Chubb and Hunt, Chubb and Hunt put up in that game uh, compared to what, you know, Patterson Elegier and all those guys are going to do tomorrow on the ground, including Mariota and what he'll do on the ground. Um, I just don't think the Chargers have the offense to be able to sustain that this week, considering the state of the defense as well. So I'm going to go Chargers 20, Falcons 23. Yeah, uh, for the run defense, I'm really curious to see how this works out because uh, Ronaldo Hill said earlier this week that they made a change in how they have been preparing for their run defense packages and that earlier in the season essentially they would have like the whole defense come together right in meetings and like this is our general plan for this week and like this is what we're going to do this is the point these are the points of emphasis and then they would kind of separate and install run defense defensive line here linebackers there secondary here and the change was that the whole defense in their whole defensive unit meeting was now going to get the defensive install all together from Brandon Staley, as opposed to the position coaches. So they're trying something different. I don't know if it's going to work out. I'm curious to see really if it is something that helps or not. Um, You know, having that one voice from the run defense standpoint, as opposed to each of the position coaches handling it, I think is an interesting change to me. I think that's something that, uh, should result in some positive movement, at least from the second level standpoint, and making sure that they're all on the same page with the defensive line. Offensively, at this time a week ago, I was probably feeling pretty good about this matchup, thinking that Keenan Allen is going to be back, Josh Palmer is going to be back, Tom Parham is going to be back, and the Falcons' defense is terrible. Like the Falcons' defense is legitimately bad. They were going to be bad heading into the season. Now they've been injured as well. But now Keenan Allen is out, Donald Parham is out. I guess Josh Palmer is healthy, but now you're talking about Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter, who's dealing with an illness, 
and Keelan Doss as your three receivers, apparently. So I, I'm conflicted here. I do tend towards this being a situation that the Chargers lose. Um, I'm trying to like bring up some positivity. Like I, I want to feel positive. Like that's why I've been tweeting about like Jamari Sawyer and like Trey Pipkins, like the good things that are happening for the Chargers right now. But I just I I can't pick them to win. I, I my brain is not going to let me uh think that the Chargers are going to win tomorrow. So I think they'll win. I think they'll lose, excuse me, a very close game. I don't think the Chargers defense has enough to keep this under 27 points. So I'm going to say the Chargers lose 28 to 27. I feel okay about the offense, even with the injuries. Gerald Everett being healthy, Josh Palmer being healthy, Austin Eckler being healthy. But I just, I can't see this defense stopping the Falcons in a must-win situation, which feels like is going to happen tomorrow. And I just, I can't get there right now. I obviously, all three of us hope that the Chargers win. But yeah. my brain cannot get there to pick a Chargers win tomorrow. The good news is, last time we clean sweeped against the Chargers, they did beat the Browns. So, um, you know, hoping <laughs> yeah, for some of that same energy dogs. tomorrow. We did that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Jacoby Brissett uh, threw the ball to Alohi Kilman and, and got the Chargers to win there. But, uh, so, uh, maybe willing something into existence. Yeah. I uh apparently this is why we do the show and and don't coach. I mean, you're right, but I also haven't lost a game. So, um no <laughs> losses on my record. And for the record, I used to coach for like the last 6 years. So, you know. Do you uh do you have more faith in the offense tomorrow despite the fact that they have more injuries? Uh yes, because mm, they I have Justin Herbert. Fair enough. I I think I actually agree with what Daniel's saying. Yeah. I think I have more faith in the offense than the defense still. Well, I, I, I mean, part of that is that they're going against the Falcons too, which, I mean, mm-hmm. if this was a week where you were going against the Niners next week, hell no. Um, but yeah. it, going against this Falcons defense with their top two corners hurt, it gives you some more faith in the offense. And you just hope from two weeks ago, Justin Herbert now has had 14 days to kind of, you know, heal up relatively from his, uh, well, I'm kind of assuming that he's healed up from his injury while everyone else around him has gotten hurt somehow over the bye week. <laughs> but uh, in those 14 days, he's probably healed his ribs compared to what it was before. So you hope that you get some of the uh, Justin Herbert from, you know, the, the first two games prior to the rib injury than, you know, what, what has happened uh, after in terms of EPA per play and, and all those stats. Um, but yeah, so Justin Herbert is a little bit healthier and you're going against this Falcons defense, then sure, like technically, then I would have more faith in this offense than this defense. Yeah, I mean, even still with all the things that are going on, the Chargers are top 15 on offense with points per drive, yards per drive uh, on football outsiders. So um, I I think this is a, a decent matchup for the offense, even with all the injuries, like we're talking about this, this Falcons defense doesn't, they don't really have anybody outside of Grady Jarrett who I'm like, okay, like we have to game plan for this guy. You know, they, they just had to trade for Rashad Fenton because their cornerbacks are like that injured. Like they, they were starting the equivalent of Keelan Doss at both second, at both corner spots the last few weeks because of injuries. So um, I do think that this is a, a, I don't want to say it's a breakout spot for Josh Palmer, but I feel like he should be able to get to like, 75 yards and a touchdown and Gerald Everett should be able to get like 50 yards and a touchdown. And 
Um, I, I think the offense will do just enough to like keep it close. Like this, is, I don't think this is going to be a Seahawks situation or a Jaguar situation because the offense is in at least in a positive matchup. But this defense, man, like we've seen repeatedly throughout the last years that they have struggled with running quarterbacks. They have struggled to stop the run in general, specifically against like outside zone running teams. And that's what the Falcons do. They're going to do all the outside zone stuff. They're going to do all the zone read stuff with Marcus Mariota. And then when they throw it, they have Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London, who are just monsters after the catch. So I just I don't have faith in this defense to stop enough to no. like you. You would have to convince me that this defense holds the Falcons to under 20 for me to feel good about a Chargers win tomorrow. And I don't feel like that is the case. Yeah. And then kind of adjacent to the Seahawks and Jaguars games, I feel like this is a game where if the Chargers at any point get down two possessions, game's over. Right, like just because they they don't have the offensive tools right now to like get back in the game. So I mean, um, yeah, that, that's why I think I, I do think they keep it close in this one, but it's also possible considering how Atlanta runs on the ground and, and how the Chargers' offense has been that this could get away from the Chargers quickly if they're if they're not careful. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So there are two things that I want to uh, address about just like what's happening on social media right now, and then we'll, we'll take some questions. So uh, if you have a question, feel free to ask that right now. Um, obviously, Super Chats are appreciated. So the first thing uh, is about just like the medical staff, the strength and conditioning coaches. So every coach that the Chargers have had has installed a new strength and training regime. Uh, Mike McCoy didn't really care about it. So he kind of kept the same staff. But uh, Anthony Lane had his staff. It was, very, it was a very old school approach, emphasis on like the strength training, emphasis on power lifts, stuff like that. Um, wasn't a whole lot of emphasis on like veteran days off and like stretching and like all this stuff. That's like, kind of new age in sports performance. Uh, Brandon Staley comes in and gets hired and he does place an emphasis on sports performance. He hires the Broncos strength and conditioning coach who at the time was considered Anthony Lamondo is his name at the time when he was with the Broncos was considered one of the best strength and conditioning coaches in the league for his work in sports performance. So last year, the chargers were very, very healthy outside of some injuries in the secondary. Um, offensively, you know, they only really had the O'Day injury and the Brian Balaga injury. And unfortunately, this year, it's just been everybody. 
So uh, we've seen the Chargers be healthy under Staley. We've seen them be incredibly injured this year. Really, we won't know, unfortunately, what this strength and conditioning coach staff is good at, what their strengths are until next year, if there is a next year for them. So I just wanted to talk about that. Everybody kind of has been saying it's like, oh, it's the same strength and conditioning coaches. Like they're doing the same things. That's not true. They are placing a proper emphasis on sports performance this year and have done so under Brandon Staley. Unfortunately, sometimes freak accidents happen. Like to me, like the strength and conditioning coaches do not get any blame for like what happened to JC Jackson or like what happened to Rashawn Slater or what happened to Joey Bosa. Like those are all freak injury accidents in my opinion. And obviously they can't stop con concussions. So I just wanted to get that out there. This is a new strength and conditioning staff. They do place a proper emphasis on sports performance. That is one thing that Brandon said he wanted to carry over from his time with the Los Angeles Rams who are historically one of the healthier teams in the league. Just not this year. Yeah, I mean, oh, strength and conditioning, medical staff, whatever. Like, Mike Williams got his leg bent over backwards on the right. field. We all saw the play. Like, there was nothing you're going to do there. You know, tearing your bicep for Rashawn Slater, who, like, yes, there is this, you know, the Chargers do have their strength and conditioning staff, and that's who Slater sees frequently. But, like, he trained off-seasons, several of them, with Duke Manyweather, who, like, doesn't really get much better than that. You know, it just right. shit happens. And, unfortunately, it's just shit everywhere this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was trying to find the exact stat, but I think it was NFL on Fox. Um, did like, uh, or one of their doctors quantified like games kind of lost due to injury this year, and I think that the Chargers obviously were like twenty eighth, um, in the league in terms of what they've lost due to injury this year. And uh, last year, if you looked at adjusted games lost, they were top ten actually in terms of mm -hmm. one of the more healthy teams in the league. Um, and I mean, you know, people are going to talk about strength and conditioning staff, but I mean, injuries are just one of those things that vary from year to year, right? I mean, we saw the Chargers have uh, this freakish drop problem last year where it was just like every game, it felt like there were four or five drops and that hasn't happened this year, right? So, I mean, just everything is just kind of different and varies from year to year. Um, you can hire the best strength and conditioning staff in the world, and that's not necessarily going to prevent guys having ACL injuries or like Tyler said, Mike Williams right. bending his foot backwards, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so, I mean, that's just, it's just not how the NFL like works, um, especially with as physical um, a sport on that one is you could talk about like groin and some of the soft tissue injuries on the team, but at the end of the day, like this is just how it works. Some years you're going to be healthy. Some years you're not going to be. And for Chargers fans last year, compared to what we have had the last decade, like last year was probably one of the healthiest years in Chargers history. Um, and now obviously we're, you know, kind of on the obviously bottom side of that uh, relative to the league, but that's just how it's going to be sometimes regardless of what staff you hire. Yeah. Some football injuries, you can't just, you, you can't prepare for that. So um, I just wanted to get that out there. The other thing, too, people keep on bringing up Odell Beckham Jr. He's not healthy right now. He cannot play football until December, according to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. So um, he would not help this team, you know, like he, he can't play right now. So I understand mm. he's a big name, but he can't play until December. And then he's and then he's still we're not talking about him being 100 percent healthy. So I get it. He's a big name. He cannot play this weekend. He can't play next weekend. He can't play until December according to most reports. Odell on one leg or Michael Bandy? 
fair, fair. <laughs> but uh, also, it. why would um, Odell choose to sign with the yeah, Chargers? Like, no, I, he's he's not coming here. He's he's going to go to the, I, I assume the Bills or the Chiefs or somebody like that. Um, so this is actually one of the stat that I was talking about in terms of the NFL bus rankings. This comes from Fox's um, Sports Doctor. The bottom five teams in terms of health right now, uh, or through weeks one through seven, are the Denver Broncos, 28th, Niners, 29th, the 30th is the Chargers. The Ravens, having the same injury problems they did last year, um, they were 32nd, they're 31st, and the Cardinals are 32nd. And, I mean, the top five teams are everyone you would expect in terms of health, including the Eagles, Vikings, uh, Chiefs, and Bills. Um, So that's not too surprising. Um, But, yeah, Chargers have just had bad luck relative to previous seasons, or relative to last year, really. Yeah. Like Eric Williams' comment, if he joined, he meaning Odell, we would have the best injured receiving core in the league. Yeah, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, all right, so we'll get to some questions here. Athir had this question earlier. Uh, he said, let's say the Bolts make the playoffs, but uh, not winning is the time to move on with Coupon Tom. So, uh, meaning they get to the playoffs, they lose that first playoff game, which right now, as it stands, would be the Tennessee Titans, who have the two seed, weirdly enough. I assume the two seed ends up being the Kansas City Chiefs at the end of the year, but we'll see how that one plays out. So, uh, Tyler, your thoughts here on Tom Telesco if they make the playoffs? but don't win a playoff game. Is Tom safe or is he moving on? I think he would be safe. I think they would look at the moves that they made. That means that they did improve from last year. They did make the playoffs and, you know, they could blame injuries for why they didn't have a better record and why they couldn't get a better seed. So with better health and more moves, we'll just go into year three with Staley and we'll keep Telesco. If they make the playoffs, I think they keep, I mean, everyone stays. Depends on the macro direction of what they want to do going forward in terms of like what ownership wants. Um, obviously, everyone's heard about the Sean Payton thing. We've talked about it almost every week. But if that was something that ownership would consider, then I don't think the playoffs would ensure the safety of Telesco or Staley. Um, but in the case of it not being that, then, I mean, the playoffs probably buy them another year. But also, if you make it the playoffs and, like, you lose the first game, like, I don't know, 35 to 10 to the Bills or something, like, that's a situation where I, I could see the panic button being, you know, kind of lit up again uh, and not it just being like, okay, well, they made the playoffs. Now, if you lose, like, a close one to the Bills or Chiefs and it's just like, oh, get them next year, maybe they go in that approach. But um, based on how the Chargers team is playing right now, if they get that seventh spot and they're playing the Chiefs or Bills, Right now, I would project that to be a pretty ugly game um, for for the Chargers. I mean, obviously, there have been times where they played the Chiefs close and maybe they got some guys back. Um, But I would say depends on how that playoff game goes and also depends just on what ownership wants to do, obviously, with all the money they've spent on the roster and, and what the long term vision is going forward. So I to me, I've said it before, but I don't think playoffs guarantees Telesco or Staley um, additional years. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the right take is it kind of just depends on how that playoff game pans out and what kind of status this team is in health wise. Because what we know, right, is that this team operated and has operated over the last few weeks with the intent of like surviving this stretch and then getting everybody, not everybody, but 
most everybody back, like getting Joey Bosa back, getting Mike Williams back, getting Keenan Allen back, getting Donald Parham back, getting Joshua Kelly back, and then seeing what happens in the playoffs. Because I still think like, you know, this Chargers team, even without JC Jackson and the other guys who are kind of out for the year, you know, should have enough to make a playoff push and then make it interesting. Whether or not they actually get there at this point with these injuries that we're talking about remains to be seen. But if, if they make the playoffs, I think everybody is safe. Like, unless Alex is saying, unless it's like a blowout and then they consider like, we need to make a big change, you know, i.e. Sean Payton to make that next jump. But in a general sense, I think if they make the playoffs at all, I think everybody is safe for next year. Woohoo. <laughs> um, all right. Any other questions you guys see that you want to bring up? Feel free to uh, put them up. Will the defense improve without Tillery? N- no, because Tillery's been probably like one of the best interior pass rushers on the team. Um, and previous years, maybe it improved without Tillery. Yeah, Jerry Tillery has not been the problem on defense this year. Um, he's not playing great against the run, which shocker, but they're also not asking him to do that. You know, it's been a lot of Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Otito Ogbonia. Um, so they, they've they essentially allowed Jerry and Morgan Fox to really focus in on rushing the passer. And for the most part, it's it's looked good. So um, Jerry Tillery, the, the hate, I understand. <laughs> um, he has not been good before this year. But his role as a pass rusher only has been working pretty good for him this year. Yeah, no one wants to talk about that Jerry Tillery's run stop rate is still better than Morgan Fox's. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but again, you're you're playing so many snaps with the other guys that I don't I don't think that matters a whole lot. Dude, who's who's Devin Allen? I don't know why I can't figure. So out. he was uh, one yeah. of Justin Herbert's old teammates at Oregon. Uh, he's a track star. Is uh, going to be on the Olympic squad this year as a track star. Was with the Eagles in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's kind of done the football thing on again, off again. I think he runs the hurdles for what it's worth. Um, there's like zero evidence that he works as an NFL receiver. Um, so that's the reason why they didn't pick him up. Uh, then again, there's not a whole lot of evidence for these other guys. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, also like we're just, look, we're talking about a guy who's just way too fast. Sorry. You got <laughs> to bring that time down to a solid four five, five, and then it's a maybe, but, oh uh, yeah, I think he, I think he fits the height, uh, perspective, but no, not the speed doesn't, perspective. Hit, doesn't fit the speed requirement. <laughs> Uh, I guess he did not play with Justin Herbert. I thought he was uh, a recent guy. No, I think he was 2013 uh, or something okay. like that when he, because um, I don't think he got drafted. I think he was like a undrafted free agent. And like Steven said, he's been on again. I think he's like 30. Um, I don't know exactly, but I know he did the Olympic thing. And then he was with the Eagles um, until final cuts this year. Yeah, but I don't, he's not on a practice squad or anything, is he? No. Uh, I don't believe so. Let me look it up. Uh, next question from Alden, though. While Alex looks that up. Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payton? Uh, Sean Payton and not even a discussion about it at all. Yeah. Some I mean, Jim Harbaugh is also not leaving Michigan. 
So, I mean, at this point, they just signed a new... Last year may have been the year if there was going to be one, but... Yeah, I think he's he's set there. Um, AG, unfortunately, Tyron Johnson was signed to the active roster of the Houston Texans. So, uh, For what it's worth, I just Googled the Devin Allen thing. He's actually on the um, Eagles practice squad. Um, okay. So, I don't know if he's one of the four protected players that they do every week because they don't release that information, but I, I don't think that uh, that would happen. Uh, no, I, think, I don't think they have protections this year. They don't? Mm, okay. Well, he's on the practice squad. If the Chargers wanted to sign him, I guess they could. But um, I, they feel comfortable with the three guys they have on the practice squad right now, I guess. I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would assume that they make another receiver addition next week to the practice squad. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Thane Montgomery wants to know, would we start Justin Herbert this week in fantasy? Depends, depends who you, if you have a second is. quarterback, it depends who that guy yeah. is, I think. Yeah. It's just so hard to say. And, and this is one of the reasons I, I feel like I picked against the Chargers because if you had last year's Justin Herbert or even Herbert pre rib injury, then I mean, this is like, a, I, I think I would predict the Chargers to win this game. But um, in the last five weeks, just have not been, you know, pretty. And at, at this point, I don't think with everything around the Chargers, you can bet on them to win if Justin Herbert is still kind of one touchdown and one interception a game like he has been in these last few. Um, so, yeah, I mean, depends on who you have uh, in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, if you have Herbert, I don't know who your other quarterback option would be. Like, is it Marcus Mariota? Because like, I would I would still start Herbert, I would think. In that I do season. know a couple people who had like uh, – top five quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Herbert and um, Mahomes in fantasy. And then they did like a flyer edition, like, Oh, Gino Smith at a time where no one knew what Gino Smith was going to be. So if you have Justin Herbert to Gino Smith, I guess you go with Gino Smith, but depends who your other quarterback is. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do a fantasy league with all the um, ESPN radio guys here and I drafted Dak. And then I just like, after Dak got hurt, I was like, Oh man, I'm going to have to pick up like Gino Smith and play him. And I, Dak is healthy and I'm still playing Gino. Smith. Yeah. So, uh, he says Daniel Jones is his other guy. Are the Giants on a bye? The Giants, think, yeah, Giants buy. on a bye. Don't play, please. please play Herbert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to play the guy that's not on the bye. Yeah, like I, you're not pl- you're not playing like Taylor Heineke or like Sam Ellinger, like depending on yeah. like, the waiver the situation looks like. Like mm. just play Justin. Jordan, he'll be Jordan fine. Love's available. He's healthy. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Justin will be fine fantasy, but you're like I'm not expecting him to put up you know like 30 points or anything like that. And that goes against my bold prediction too, because I said three touchdowns and 300 yards. (laughs) A lot has changed. I think we I think we could still see him put up like 250 and two. I believe so. Yeah, I'm just not expecting like it's just going to be hard. And also, like instead of those passes going through the air, it would have to be like ooh. like two yard swing past Austin Eckler. <laughs> like, yeah, he's going to get three touchdowns, but um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jacob Weber says the Chargers might sign JJ Arcega Whiteside, or our, I'm sorry, Arcega Whiteside. J- so Sadly, JJ Arcega Whiteside fills both the height and the speed requirements <laughs> for the Chargers, which is really unfortunate. Um, but he, he got caught by Seattle, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, didn't he try to do like the whole tight end thing with the Eagles at the end? Yeah, and then they cut him. <laughs> like, I feel like the doing the tight end thing was just reasoning for cutting, but God, I 
I don't know if I've ever seen like a worse player, like play receiver. <laughs> like he's so bad. Um, Wait till yeah. Sunday, Alex. Maybe you will. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would take Keelan Doss over Ginger Sega Whiteside. Oh, that bad. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> would you take Jason Moore over our Sega Whiteside? hard to say because Moore never gets the ball thrown to him so he doesn't have the opportunity to drop it as much um but i i guess i'd probably go in theory jason Moore. <laughs> but i'm like i don't know what to make of this receiver room man like i'm it stinks <laughs> obviously well, beyond that right but like they have shown that they do not trust jason Moore to play or to get targeted mm-hmm despite being on the active roster since week two, like is Keelan Doss, like your starter outside. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand like how this receiver rotation is going to work. Yeah. I mean, and this just goes back to like, y- you know, talking about like, Oh, they need like a burner guy in the draft thing. And I, I don't think they necessarily needed that kind of a player, but like, Man, like it, this receiver room just does not have the guys who are like capable of like separating or getting like much, you know, a distance between them and the quarterback at all. And like that is really the tough thing. And it's just like, I'd rather take a flyer, you know, John Hightower, as Stephen said, is kind of the second guy on the practice squad right now. If a guy were to get hurt, it's like he, he runs a 4 4. Like, I, I'd like to see it, even if he drops the ball, like that could be kind of your quasi. Aguilar, you know, post by addition if you wanted to have one. Um, and like they just won't go that way. So, I mean, at this point, you're going with any practice squad guys, but I would like to go with somebody that has some kind of um, speed upside, sort of like NSN was alluding to before with like a Devon Allen kind of idea. Um, even if it's not someone who, you know, the coaching staff loves or is like affiliated with the Chargers, like just get some semblance of like speed or, or some like quotient that can like scared the defense a little bit um but yeah they just they don't have those guys right now yeah if it were me it would be john hightower playing and then at least you you have that speed threat to at least like take attention away from the other guys right like i'm not i'm never asking for john hightower to come in and get like five six targets a game like just go run some go balls, man, and just like take some attention away from Josh Palmer and Austin Eckler and and Gerald Everett. So that was what I figured that they would do. Um, but for whatever reason, they like Keelan Doss a lot, and uh, we'll see what happens. I guess. Uh, Trayvon Bradford, they could certainly bring back to the practice squad too, as Tyler points out in the chat. Um, I think Keelan Doss. There was a question about what number he was going to wear. Um, I think he was like number 80 or 86 or something on the practice squad. Let me look really quickly. What was Bradley Chubb's number in Denver? Just do that one because apparently we're just switching <laughs> around numbers. Yeah. So, uh, Keelan Doss was 86 on the practice squad. So I assume that's the same number. Roquan Smith is 18 in Baltimore and that's fucking gross. Dude, Bradley Chubb's wearing number two in Miami. Bradley Chubb is wearing two. Oh God. I hate that rule change so much. I want when if Fahoko ever makes the active roster, I want him to change his number to like three, and just and it's like, defensive linemen still have to wear numbers in the night. Oh, they do yeah. really, but not so the edge rushers. So the the only the the issue here is that linebackers can wear any number, and that includes okay. outside linebackers. 
So if you're if you're if you're a team who's a four three team and you have a defensive end, the defensive end has to wear a number in the fifties or the nineties. So that's why, like, so like Morgan Fox wearing fifty six, he can do that because those are the number distinctions, right? So uh, that's why Bradley Chubb can wear number two in mm. Miami, or like Jason Pierre Paul can wear number eight in Baltimore. It's just ridiculous. I hate it so much. Yeah, like I like some of the number changes, like Darius Slay wearing two. Like, okay, that's like cool, that's fine. But like, when you get to Roquan Smith wearing eighteen, yeah. I'm just like, okay, I'm out on this concept. <laughs> But yeah. um, yeah, I mean, I, if you know if you know who the guy is, it, it does make watching film harder too. Though, just yeah. pointing out like, oh, which one's a linebacker, which one's a receiver. But I don't, yeah, that's why Tom I'm, Brady is struggling this year, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for like corners and receivers wearing like single digits. Like I think that's cool, right? Like I think Josh Palmer wearing number five and being able to do that is is pretty cool, right? But yeah. um, like. Kenyon Drake is wearing number 17 for the Ravens and it's just is like super it looks super bad to me um sign out about numbers the the University of Utah played Washington State last week and they have I'm just just a quick number thing it's not about Utah it's about Washington State so Washington State's three main linebackers like off-ball linebackers were like number 86 number 80 and then like 67. Like it's just an atrocious use of numbers that I had to bring up since we're talking about it. Sounds sounds dreadful. Did Utah yeah. beat them? Yes, they did. Good, they deserved without, it. Like <laughs> without our without our starting quarterback and everything. So you know, it was, it was who was one. that? Like, remember that like big old Miami punter who wore like ninety four yeah. or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> and he was like thirty two years old. Yeah, from like Australia. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we got uh, like two more minutes. So if you haven't asked a question or you missed it earlier, feel free to uh, use Good it. Question. And, uh, Here's your shout time. out to uh, Tyler's mom for the super sticker, as always. Appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't asked a question, if you want to talk about peppermint mochas versus pumpkin coffee. Like, what a stupid. What the hell are you talking about? Like pumpkin drinks by far over peppermint. And I, I'm Wait, not was this really a thing on it. was this the thing on Twitter or something? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I was. I went and had my first peppermint mocha from Starbucks this morning. Uh, I don't like pumpkin flavored drinks. I think pumpkin is not something that I like. Like pumpkin pie for me is a mediocre pie. So I like peppermint mochas more than I like the pumpkin drinks. Oh, am I the tiebreaker here? Um, I guess so. I, yeah, I lean towards pumpkin. I'm not, I, I don't do peppermint. Yeah. All right, good. All right, we'll remove the host. See you, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like in love with either. No, no. I, I, yeah, I, I don't do like the pumpkin spice thing every year, but like, yeah, I, I would probably prefer that over peppermint. Yeah. No, I, I don't do I don't like do the peppermint mocha or pump or pumpkin stuff a lot. Like uh, you know, they just started their backup yesterday or whatever it was. So went and had I one. I thought of the most disgusting thing in the world, like peppermint mocha funeral potatoes, like kind <laughs> <laughs> of coming with like dude, funeral potatoes are there's something else. Um if we yeah. all pick at the Chargers to lose, should we do something if they win? Should we have mm. them do something? Yeah, I think we should. Well, let's let's let the chat decide what we should do if the Chargers win. Like in what sense? Like punish ourselves or what? 
Yeah, or like we have to wear something crazy. I don't know. I mean, they could be nice things, guys, in the chat, but I highly doubt that's going to be the direction it goes. Do, do the podcast shirtless or like, I don't well, know. <laughs> I'm not well, doing that. <laughs> um, we could give away like a Keelan Doss jersey or something. No. Don't do that. Eat a, a whole, whole pumpkin, pumpkin pie? pie? Why do I only have to do that? <laughs> I also vote for that one. That's a good one. I agree. Steven needs Why am I the one getting the punishments? It's supposed to be the three. We, we can I rotate the punishments. You too? start. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Alex wears an Astros jersey. Uh, if you want to ship an Astros jersey to fucking Antigua, be my guest. You're paying $150 <laughs> of shipping fees there, bud. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's just Steven like... does something or we drink, it seems. Well, I think if they... <laughs> I'm not drinking, but I mean, you guys can drink, obviously. Also, pumpkin pie. Like, do I have to go make the pumpkin pie? Like, I don't know how to make pumpkin pie. You can just buy one from, like, uh, Costco or something. If the Chargers lose to the Colts, we will all live stream making pumpkin pie like some food network bullshit <laughs> we will do that for you guys we're just gonna turn the channel into <laughs> post game loss baking yeah, yeah. It, i mean yeah. if the chargers slip to like four and six and then a potential loss to the colts down the road like this could turn into like a permanent food channel until like the end season ends <laughs> like i'll teach you guys how to make pump make uh funeral potatoes you know <laughs> Alex can make, teach us how to make uh, yeah. Philly cheesesteaks or something, you know. <laughs> Sushi for Tyler, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, wrong Asian asshole, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I just make a sushi's popular in Southern California, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, come on. At least I uh, get some <laughs> spicy chicken chow mein or okay. something. Like, you could have said something. I don't know. Tyler Mom, that's not helpful. Dude, that would be so hard to talk while you're doing a handstand for an hour. Well, talking is fine. Yeah, but the hour, the hour part. It, it's more the blood falling out of my ears. That'll be the difficulty, <laughs> not the uh, talking. <laughs> Fair. Um, now, Steven doing a handstand. Oh, Jesus. I, I don't even know if I can do a handstand. I, I don't even, even want to try. I think your yeah, elbows Steve, are better Steve, than Steven, your knees. Even like five minutes into the podcast, like fall down and like kicks his microphone. Like... <laughs> <laughs> five minutes i appreciate the generosity there. uh I, yeah well yeah Two i don't minutes. know if i get that would last five seconds yeah steven has a hard time um have you ever predicted a loss across the board and they've actually lost this year no we've only done that once so far last year i'm sure we i think last year we all predicted we all had loss against the chiefs at home if i'm not mistaken no, I think I think I probably predicted them to lose. Okay. <laughs> Wait, but they did lose. The, oh, you mean like an Arrowhead? Yeah. No, no, no. Like I think the, I predicted the one at SoFi last year. But they lost the one at SoFi. Yeah, that's what he's asking. Oh, like oh, if oh. we've ever all three said loss mm. and the loss actually happened. I, I mean, we like did we... the podcast during 2020, so that ha there has to be that has to be. <laughs> yeah, this. yeah, I'm sure the like the Bills game. Yeah, there's no the Bills way. Game probably. God, that 2020 season. I feel like the Patriots probably also the yeah the 45-0 Patriots game probably was one. Yeah, um... well, let's go back to that offense though. 
<laughs> uh, Teresa says we should replace Tyler with his mom slash dad for an episode. Sure. Honestly, you guys will get free therapy for an That wouldn't hour even be a punishment. Time. That would be like a really just like good. <laughs> you guys would learn a lot and stuff. Instead of us ranting, we just have Tyler's mom do like a little mini session on therapy. You make a lot of money. Um, somebody said that Alex has to wear a Wentz jersey. Alex, did, at one point, did you ever consider buying a Carson Wentz jersey? No, I, well, I considered it, uh, went, cause I was considering buying one, then they won the Super Bowl and I bought, uh, I bought a Foles, uh, I have a Foles jersey from that year, but nice. I did not buy a Wentz jersey, thankfully. Uh, thankfully nice. not. Um, but I've seen plenty of people now, uh, with the Wentz jerseys, patching it up with uh, AJ Brown now. So, I mean, it's not oh, yeah. too big of a change. Um, but yeah. Good upgrade for the number 11, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's, uh, we'll come up with something, I guess, if the Chargers win. I don't know. Uh, Alex, any uh, final thoughts before we head out for the afternoon? Um, be in Atlanta so we're not miserable tomorrow, please. <laughs> I think that's the right way to say that. Uh, Tyler, any final thoughts, man? Um, beat, you beat Atlanta, so we're not miserable tomorrow. That's all I got. Honestly, just go win that game and let's feel good like temporarily and then just have everyone divided heading into the Niners game. <laughs> knowing full well we're going to lose, but we'll still have to hear from people on Twitter that we picked yeah. them to lose. Yeah. Hey man, it's just it's just that gift that Tyler uh, shared two weeks ago. Just survive, man. Just uh, come out swinging. Like to me, like just make it competitive. Like don't get blown out. Like that would be the absolute worst case scenario. Teresa says in the chat, "Have Alex wear an Urban Meyer shirt." Um, I actually do have an Urban Meyer shirt. It's a salmon colored pink polo. Uh, I do have that. So maybe <laughs> that's the Urban Meyer shirt. <laughs> okay. Nice. Nicely done. Nicely done. Um, but yeah, so obviously we, uh, we'll be going live right after the game tomorrow afternoon. Um, so we'll, uh, have you guys covered with whatever post game recap happens. <laughs> obviously we hope the, the chargers win. We have some good things to talk about. Maybe we get a Keelan Doss breakout game, man. How fun would that be? Um, or Josh Palmer. Finally Josh Palmer. Game. That would we went cooler. to the Keelan Doss breakout game first for <laughs> Josh Palmer. Yes. Hey man, I'm all for it. I mean, the offensive coaching staff in 2020 didn't want Tyron Johnson on the field for most of the year. And then he went to Lynn and said, Hey, get me on the field, activate me. I want to play. And then the rest was history. So, you know what? Maybe Keelan Doss is our new Tyron Johnson, just a bit slower. <laughs> we'll take it man just inject some life into this offense that'd be really cool honestly it really would be a fantastic story so um yeah that's gonna do it for us today as always make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel like the videos turn those notifications on we really appreciate that support if you are a member of the audio audience leave a rating or a view and uh again you know we really appreciate all of your guys support uh in whatever form it comes um if you are not yet signed up for the Discord, I think you should definitely do that. Um, we dropped the news about Keelan Doss being elevated for this game yesterday. So uh, make sure and go check that out. So we've gotten the John Hightower news. We've gotten Keelan Doss. So uh, you know, we're uh, we're getting the practice squad receivers. That's that's our, our niche, I guess, in terms of news. But um, in all seriousness, it's a fun, fun way to interact with you guys. And I uh, appreciate everybody who signed up. I think we got a new member earlier in the show. I forgot to acknowledge it. So. 
Uh, apologies for whoever that was, but appreciate it. So, uh, little little bit of breaking news: Garofalo uh, just tweeted that the Falcons are officially activating Cordero Patterson off of IR uh, today. So. All right, we changed the lost fifty-four to three. <laughs> <laughs> Huge game from Cordero Patterson incoming. Uh, but yeah. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we will see you tomorrow after the game. Appreciate it. Bolt up. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.